We hope you like this Resurrection Oakland Church podcast. Unauthorized use of any part of this copyrighted material for redistribution or duplication is not permitted without prior consent from Resurrection Oakland Church. To learn more about our church and its charity and mission work in and around Oakland, California, please visit our website at www.resoakland.com. Please stand for the reading of God's word. We're reading from Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You can take your seats. Let's take just a moment to pray together. Father, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear the incredible hope that is in this passage tonight? Uh, Would you come and speak to us wherever we find ourselves on the spectrum of belief? You know that we come into this room all over the place, some of us convinced, others of us unconvinced, some of us having once believed, just trying to figure out if we could ever believe again, some of us in a worship service, a Christian church for the very first time ever, and we just can't even believe that we're here. We are all over the spectrum. We come from so many different places and backgrounds, and yet in another sense, we are all the same. We are all more broken than we know and more in need of your grace and your kindness than we know. So would you come and speak to us in such a way that our lives would be changed? We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Uh, My name is Brent, and I'm one of the pastors here. I want to welcome uh, all of you who are here, both in person, as well as those who are worshiping with us on the live stream Um, still getting used to saying that, but always told myself I'd never be a TV preacher, but COVID does strange things to you. So uh, I recently read uh, the story of a six-year-old boy whose entire class wrote letters to Santa, and this is how his letter went. said, Dear Santa, I'm only doing this because my teacher is making me. I know your naughty list is empty. And I know your good list is empty. And I know your life is empty. (laughs) 
you don't know the troubles that I've had in my life. So goodbye. And P.S., I'm not even going to tell you my name. (laughs) Now, it's a funny story, but I think that in one sense, we all come into this room tonight with a similar posture towards God. Uh, Maybe you're here and you think of God as someone who has a naughty list and a nice list. Uh, Maybe you're here and you feel like God does not understand the troubles and the sorrows and the pains that you've had. Uh, Maybe there's a part of you, maybe there's even a lot of you that actually wonders if you can really trust God. You know, metaphorically, like this six-year-old boy, you don't even trust him enough to tell him your name. What is so beautiful about this passage that we're looking at tonight is that we actually find a God who tells us his name. His names, actually. Multiple names. We're looking at these verses where the angel comes to Joseph, who is uh, the husband of Mary, and he tells Joseph that Mary is going to conceive and give birth to a son. And then, and then the angel says that this child is going to be called by two names. Two names. Uh, the first is Jesus in verse 21, and then the second one is Emmanuel in verse 23. So we get two names in this passage. And I think there's something really kind of humorous about this, because can you imagine somebody that you had never met before telling you what you would name your child? That's kind of a strange thing. You know, we're thinking about Samuel. Actually, it's going to be Benjamin, just to let you know. It's a weird thing. Uh, And what's really crazy about this is that this is not just any person who is telling Joseph what they're to name the child. Uh, And it's actually not just an angel telling Joseph, because angels in the Bible never speak for themselves. Angels in the Bible only say what God tells them to say. And so really what's happening here is this is God telling Joseph and telling us his names. And each of them is loaded with meaning. I mean, they tell us who God is and what God is like. Are you in this room tonight wondering, is there a God and what is he like? I mean, I know that that's that kind of gets stirred in some of us in a season like Christmas. Church is not a regular thing for you, but kind of these these big questions get stirred. Who is God? What is God like? This is what God is actually telling us in these names. These names actually tell us what Christmas means. I mean, if if you, you could go so far as to say this, if you don't understand these names, you really don't understand what Christmas is all about. So what I want to do tonight, just for the next few minutes, is to look at the significance of these names. And what we're going to see is that they teach us something that is, it's so simple that a child can understand it but it is so profound that you could spend a lifetime trying to digest it. So let's look at the first name. Two names, here's the first. We're going to start with the second one, actually, in verse 23, where the angel says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, the word Emmanuel is actually two words put together. It's the word Emmanu and then El. And the word Emmanu means with us, And the word El means God. So literally, God with us, which is why Matthew writes in these verses, it means God with us. And what's really unique about Matthew's gospel is that it begins and it ends with this idea of Jesus as Emmanuel, as God with us. We see it right here in verse 1 where we get the name, or chapter 1 where we get the name Emmanuel. But then we see it in the very end of Matthew, the very last chapter, the very last verse where Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, 
Go into all the nations and I will be with you always. This idea of Jesus as God who is with us gets at the heart of what Christmas is all about. Uh, That the God of the universe, here's what Christmas is about. The God of the universe became human. That the one who created everything entered into real space and real time and real history. Christianity says this stuff is not just a fairy tale. It actually says it either happened or it didn't. And if it didn't happen, you shouldn't have anything to do with it. But if it did happen, it actually changes everything about your life. Christianity says God actually came into history and he became one of us. And, and actually, only Christianity says this, by the way. Only Christianity says that God came down and became a person. You will find many other religions that talk about how we're supposed to be like God. But only Christianity says that God became like us. Only Christianity says that God is Emmanuel. And Martin Luther once wrote this about, the, uh, about this idea of Emmanuel. He said, the humanity of Christ that he sunk himself into our flesh is a mystery beyond all human understanding. He calls it a mystery, and it is. And we could spend hours tonight trying to unpack that mystery, but we've got kids in this service, and it's Christmas Eve, and they're never going to want to come back again if I don't keep this short. So let's, let's cut to the chase. Why does this matter for your life? That God is Emmanuel. Have you ever felt like God is a million miles away from you in your suffering? Have you, ever, have you ever wondered if God hears your cries? Have you ever wondered if God cares at all? Have you ever felt like God does not understand what you're going through in life? Now, what has that done to your faith? I mean, for some of you, maybe that's the reason you walked away from Christianity. Because of things that have come crashing into your life and you cannot, ima- you cannot reconcile how God could be good and these kinds of things could happen. And, and conversely, what would it do to your faith if you knew that God did understand and that God did care And that he did hear. And that he wasn't far away, but he was close. I read a story on NPR several years ago, and it was a story about three blind brothers. They're triplets. And at the time of the story, they were 14 years old, but they had all been blind since birth. And life had been very hard for them. They were raised by a single mom who, due to her own own struggles, was really not able to be much of a mom. Uh, At school, they were mocked, they were bullied, they were beaten, and at home, they weren't allowed to go outside, so all they did every day was they, they went to school and they came home and they would sit by the window listening to the other kids playing outside, until one day, a man in the neighborhood named Ali Cantos showed up at their door. He learned about their situation, he wanted to help. So he started walking them to school, and then he would take them to the corner store, and he showed them how to buy food, and he helped them with their homework, and he taught them how to navigate life. 
as blind kids. And he fell in love with these kids, and they fell in love with him, and they started calling him dad, and then he eventually adopted them. But here's the most beautiful part of this story. The most beautiful part of this story is that Ali Cantos is blind. So he's walked in their shoes. He's lived a life in their shoes. He, he understands what it feels like to be socially isolated. He knows what it's like to be beaten up and bullied and mocked. And in this interview that I was, I was reading, uh, Ali Cantos says to the boys, he says, at first you didn't believe me when I told you that I was blind. So I was like, well, here's my cane. And then you left and you came back with a book and you put my hand on it and I told you the title. You couldn't actually believe that I could actually read Braille. And at that point in the interview, one of the boys jumps in and, and he says, that was the first time in my life where I felt like I had someone that I could trust. Christmas says that we have a God who understands anything that you are experiencing and anything that you will ever experience because he has experienced it too. And therefore you can trust him. So he became one of us. He's walked in our shoes. Have, have you ever been lonely? So is Jesus. Have you ever been depressed? So is Jesus. Have you ever been poor? So is Jesus. Have you stood at the graveside of someone you love? So is Jesus. Have you ever been afraid of death? So is Jesus. He was, Isaiah called him a man of sorrows. And you say, but pastor, you don't understand. I mean, I've prayed about things. I've prayed about all these things you just talked about, and God has not answered them the way that I wanted. Jesus knows that too. That's called the Garden of Gethsemane, where he asked God if there was any other way than the way of the cross. And you say, but you, know, you don't understand. No, I feel like God has abandoned me. Jesus experienced that. When he, when he prayed on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, we, we feel forsaken by God. But Jesus was actually forsaken. He has been through it all. And I just want you to hear this tonight, that when God tells us his name, it is for a purpose. That Emmanuel is not just a name, but it is a reality that can infuse your life with such hope and such consolation right now tonight, no matter what your circumstances are. God knows. God hears. God cares. God understands. God is with those who story. God descends in order to reascend. He comes down down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, down to the very roots and seabed of the nature he has created. But he goes down to come up again and bring the whole ruined world up with him. Picture a diver, says C.S. Lewis. Picture a diver first reducing himself to nakedness and then, I guess that's like he's taking his clothes off to dive, and then glancing in midair. 
then gone with a splash, vanished, rushing down through green and warm water into black and cold water, down through increasing pressure into the death-like region of ooze and slime and old decay, only to come up again, back to the color, back to the light, his lungs almost bursting until suddenly he breaks surface again, holding in his hand the dripping, precious thing that he went down to recover. The message of Christmas and the message of this table is that you are so precious to God, you are so treasured and valued by God that he came down into this world and into a manger and onto a cross so that we, one day we and all of creation might be raised up with him. This table says that God is so for you that he came to save you. And the way that he saved you was by not saving himself, but by giving of himself. And this table says that God is with you. I want you to know something tonight. As you come forward, you're going to get a little tiny piece of bread and this little tiny piece of cup. And it looks so mundane And it looks so simple. But there is something supernatural that happens in this meal. And you know what it is? God is present with us in a way that is very mysterious. And he invites broken people to come and encounter in this meal a broken Savior. A Savior who sees every heartache in your life and every disappointment and every tear and every setback and every frustration and every loss and he understands. And so he invites you to come and feast with him. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you, eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he blessed it, saying, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. The apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who is with us and a God who is for us. And the reason that we can know that this is not just a fairy tale is because you have come into history and done something for us that we could not do for ourselves. And so I pray for all of us in this room tonight that for some of us, this might be the very first time we come to faith and belief in these things. That For the very first time, we actually might come to believe that you are indeed with us and for us. And for those of us who have believed, would you make this fresh for us tonight? Would you fill our hearts with joy and with laughter and with hope? Because we need it so desperately. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.